0: Welcome to the Healing Circle Podcast, where we talk about everything mental health, faith, and relationships. Though this show is hosted by a licensed therapist, that's me, Kobe, I am not your therapist. These amazing conversations are meant to provide psychoeducation and start some good conversation, but they're not meant to be a substitute for real therapy services. We're excited to learn, grow, and talk with you guys. So let's jump into today's episode. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Healing Circle podcast. I'm Kobe. I'm your licensed trauma therapist, not yours, but a licensed trauma therapist. And I answer your questions that you submit via words. If you fill out the form in the show notes, or if you're feeling brave, call in. Today, we have a long one. So I want to jump right into it. Trigger warning for abortion, trigger warning for suicide, trigger warning for pain, honestly. Dear Kobe, about three years ago, my current partner and I were trying for a baby. At the time, we were only together for about a year, but we knew what we wanted. We mutually decided to actively try and I got pregnant so quickly. Excuse me. As it began to settle in, he realized that it was a rash decision and we couldn't afford it. I knew he didn't want to have the baby. I have a daughter and he has a son from a previous marriage. I feared what would happen during my first pregnancy at a young age and ending up alone, so I came up with the idea of an abortion in which he completely agreed. He never stopped me. Sometimes I feel like I've forgiven him, but I'm not sure. This year, I was diagnosed with endometriosis, and we were working with a fertility doctor because we wanted to try again, but it hadn't been successful. Our only option is IVF, and it tears me to pieces. I regret so much, and my anger is frequently targeted towards him. I feel like he doesn't understand at all. I feel that I trusted him with so much, only for it to be taken away from me. I feel like I was convinced to trust him with my body and have a baby, but the tables turned so quickly. He lied to me and has so many times, and has so many times before, after that, before and after that. I suffer from anxiety and depression and at one point tried to take my life. How can we even begin to try to sustain our relationship while dealing with this trauma? First, I am so glad that you recognize that it is trauma because truly that is such a painful experience. And I'm so, so sorry that you experienced that depth of pain, sadness, aloneness, fear, and betrayal. There's so many things that your experience touches on. And I'm so sorry you had to go through that. I'm so sorry you had to carry that burden. I'm so sorry you had to feel that pain. Who? I wanna be mindful as I respond because I want to make sure that you know these are completely my thoughts, my opinions, and in no way direct things that I'm telling you that you need to go out and do. I think I would first ask, what makes you want to sustain the relationship? It's unfortunate, but some of the most horrific moments of our lives exposed to us things about people that we knew but didn't want to accept sometimes we see the pieces we see the breadcrumbs we see the things um, that deeply hurt us that look small to the eye but feel big to the heart and we decide oh I can deal with that I can handle that I can push through that And then moments like this happen, moments of deep anguish, deep, deep pain happen. And many times it's initiated or exacerbated by the same traits that we looked over before. You know, and it, it was hard, honestly, to read at the end that the first question you asked was, how do I begin to sustain your relationship with him while dealing, um, or with this person, not sure if it's a him, while dealing with this trauma. I think there's a better question, which is what do I need right now to feel safe in my own body? Because you've experienced quite some trauma in your body. And why do I want to heal this relationship? That's not a, you know, a question where I'm like, trying to lean towards something. It's genuinely a question that I think you should answer um, as if the person asking it, me, is asking with genuine curiosity and not with judgment because I'm not here to judge anyone. What makes you want to sustain the relationship? Is it fear? Is it convenience? Is it love? Is it I love this person and I'm willing to bear with their weaknesses and I'm willing to be with them because I see something good in them? There's no wrong answer, but I think that question does deserve an answer. That question does deserve an answer because man, you have been through a lot. And it's interesting that, you know, you mentioned later on in this message, um, he's lied to me. He has so many times before and after that. What I hear in that line, even though it's towards the end, is I already have deep pain from this person even before the loss of this child, even before the second loss of realizing I may not be able to have another child. I have pain from this person that's unresolved and this situation is really bringing it to the forefront and bringing it to a head, right? This is going to be hard to hear, so please hear my heart. I want to be as honest and as helpful as possible. I don't want to give just the fluffy answers, but some of the things you might want to also investigate is what made me want to betray my own desires for somebody else. What moments in the past taught me that maintaining and sustaining relationship with people meant betraying my own values and my own desires? when I say values and desires, I'm not talking about you having the abortion, but the language used sounds like you came up with an abortion because you could tell that he didn't want the baby. Now, if you want an abortion, that's your choice. But the language for me, as I read it, I was like, hmm. Even with you saying, you know, I felt like I trusted him with so much only for it to be taken away from me seems like this may not have been a decision that was completely yours at heart and maybe one that you felt like you needed to take to maintain relationship I think a question we all need to ask ourselves is how much of ourselves do we need to sacrifice to be in relationship with people and who taught us it was that much who taught us it was that much the the going down the rabbit hole of the origins of, of the ways that we relate to people, the ways that our families of origin um, influence our present relationships, that's something you can go into later. But I think right now, like, your priority should be grieving and learning to feel safe in your body. Giving a space for that anger to come out, giving a space for that sadness to come out. And giving yourself space to feel safe because you haven't mentioned being in danger, but being in danger is not the only sign you're not safe, right? On a neurological level, not feeling like you can trust the person you're doing life with, that's not safety. That's not safety at all. And so I think for you, dealing with the trauma has to be a you thing before it's a relationship thing. It has to be a, am I okay? How can I help myself become okay? How can I begin this process of recovery from all that I've lost, all that I'm going through, all that I have to carry into the future? How can I reconcile back to myself with a sense of safety, right? And then when I get to a place and as I get to a place where I'm reconciling back to my authentic self and I'm loving myself well, second after that is the relationship. You know, one of the things I tell my clients before we start EMDR is I say, hey, if you're in a relationship of any kind, friendship, marriage, partnership, whatever it is, you're about to make a two degree shift in your life. Trauma therapy is not just a 180. It's a two degree shift. When you think about two degrees on the level of a climate, two degrees shift in a climate like the ice polar caps are melting. That's what two degrees does when the climate is shifted by that little of amount. When we heal, when we grow, when we start taking care of ourselves, things shift in a little way in our lives, but the little shift in our life has big effects in the relationships we have. And that means you might not end up with this person. You may realize this may not be helpful, or you may end up with this person and need to rediscover new terms of partnership, new terms of relating, new terms of loving, new terms of supporting. At the end of the day, I think it's you first. You have to be able to take care of yourself first, show up for yourself first, then figure out as I take care of myself, as I grow into more of who I am, as I get more of what I need, as I take care of myself first, then I can recalibrate and decide what type of relationship I want to have with this person. Anytime we put a relationship before ourselves, we are in for a disaster. Because when that person betrays us, we don't have anyone, not even ourselves. I'm so sorry this happened. Thank you so much for writing in and trusting me with your story. This is a hard one, for sure, for sure. So, our second listener wrote in and said, Dear Kobe, after learning, processing, and working on healing from childhood trauma, how do we stop resenting our parents? I'm grateful for therapy, for processing my childhood, and working on healthier coping skills, but it has still made me resent my mother. I still make mistakes with men and I still hold resentments against my mother because of that. It feels like one step forward, two steps back. Friend, the one step forward and two step back truly is one of the key mantras of healing. Healing is not linear. And anytime we try to make ourselves stop feeling something, we feel it even more. Anytime we tell ourselves oh, I shouldn't do this or I don't want to feel this way or just stop doing this, we magnify whatever we are trying to stop. We magnify whatever we're trying to stop. So this isn't me saying, resent your mother, go ahead. This is me saying, how about we get in tune with some of the core emotions that come up when you process or think about or remember the things that your mother did And how can we find a way to actually feel those emotions, right? Um, One of my first therapists ever said this to me, it's a powerful analogy. She said, when you look at your emotions, first of all, she said, emotions are like sand in an hourglass. And when you look at your emotions, the sand, it draws from one end of the glass to the other. But when you turn away from those emotions, that hourglass is turned horizontally And the sand stops flowing in either direction. Sometimes our emotions just need to be felt and seen. It might not even be about you don't forgive your mother or you resenting her, you just are hurt. That is like one of a really complicated reality of healing. Sometimes as we heal, we have to deal with in the present. The reality of what people did to us in the past when they've moved on, and even the relationship has moved on, right? You can love your mother deeply, forgive her, and still be really hurt by the ways that she didn't show up for you when she needed to. But there needs to be a safe place for you to feel. And I think sometimes we think that health is the emotions go away, but truly, health is the emotions are seen and the emotions are connected to. So I would encourage you how do you? connect to your emotions. I would encourage you to find a way to do that. Find a way to connect to your emotions whenever it comes up. Don't shoot it away. Connect. Don't push it away. Connect. There's still a part of you that's grieving and grieving is a part of the process and grieving is something we do not control. It's something we witness and engage in, but we can't control how long we need to grieve. And don't put any societal standards of you should be over this. It was so long ago. Quiet those voices. If there are any in your life, quiet those voices now because those are not the voices you need to be listening to. And those are not the voices that are informed about what true healing and restoration looks like. Um, a great place for you to come and learn how to process those emotions and also process past childhood trauma related to family, specifically parents, is my intensive. So I have my intensive coming up August 8th to the 10th, you guys you guys, I'm shameless about plugging it. I'm like, you know what? This is my own podcast. I'll be my own sponsor. This intensive is absolutely powerful. And if you want the resources to not just understand your trauma, but to actually physiologically process it, you need to come to this intensive. I love talk therapy when it comes to understanding, but understanding is only one part of healing. Once you understand, then what? And I think a lot of people get the information and then don't continue in healing because they feel overwhelmed. It's like, I got this information. I realized I was abused. Thanks. I don't know what to do with all the emotions that come up with that. Well, this is what this intensive is about, about giving you biological resources that touch on the real physical, emotional, mental, relational effects of trauma so that you can actually have a response when you're overwhelmed with emotion, when you're triggered, when you're really sad, when you're really... Angry, whatever emotions come up that may be hard for you to deal with, you get the resources with how to respond to them in the moment at this intensive. You should a thousand percent join, join, join. Visit the link in the show notes, you guys. Why can't I talk on this podcast? Visit the link in the show notes, and I would love to see you there. Space is limited, so make sure to register quickly, quickly, quickly. Okay, guys, you guys. I am loving this week, Dr. Teal's melatonin spray. Let me tell you something. My kids, they don't sleep. And me, sometimes I have trouble sleeping. Dr. Teal's melatonin spray is amazing. You spray it in a room, spray it on a pillow. And let me tell you something, them kids be knocked out. I be knocked out. My kid, um, Levi, if you, I think I've talked about this on social media, but he has a sleep disorder. So it takes a lot for him to fall asleep. And at this age, sleep is so important. Dr. Teal's, his spray, um, the bath salts, the body wash, the lotion, has helped us so much and helped him so much to calm his nervous system, to get him into a restful space, and to fall asleep, which mama needs because when he doesn't sleep, I don't sleep. So I'm going to share the link in the show notes for Dr. Teal's melatonin spray. If you have trouble sleeping, go grab it. You may need to talk to your doctor because I am not a doctor um, if you want to get started on it but it's a great resource. And I just wanted to share with you guys what I am loving this week. You guys, that is our time today. Please be sure to like, like, to rate, review, subscribe. You guys are getting the most raw version of me because I don't know why when a mic is in front of me, I'm like, what are my words? What are my lines? Um, to rate, review, and subscribe because that helps people find the podcast. That helps people have a platform where they can ask questions to a therapist and get a therapist's answer. That matters. That helps people. That builds people up. That gives people a source of healing and a source of hope. So if you know someone who needs to hear today's episode or a past episode or a future episode, make sure to share this podcast with them. You guys, I love you so much. And I will talk to you next week until the circle comes back around. Bye, you guys.